You're listening to the Road to Wisdom podcast, weaving stories told by wonderful minds about all things motherhood, health, intimacy, politics, nature, and everything in between. Join us on an adventure discovering unique experiences that we can learn from to enhance the ways in which we live. We are your hosts, Chloe and Kishia. So today we've got Melanie here on the Road to Wisdom podcast. Thank you so much for coming in today, Melanie. We know um, it's an effort to organise uh, a meeting when we've got 12 kids between us. No, 13 kids between us to organise So, oh. and businesses and all the things. So thank you so much for joining us today. It's a pleasure. Thank you for asking me in. Oh, we're excited. We're excited to absorb your wisdom. <laughs> so, yeah, if you could just tell our listeners who you are briefly and <laughs> um, because I know it could be a very decent history there and then we'll get into the early developmental years in using the Rudolf Steiner lens. So, yeah. Great. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, so um, I've been working with Steiner's work since probably – um, early 90s and over the last sort of 20 years since I've had my own children I was working with children before then but once I started working with my own children I really wanted to delve deeper into Steiner's work even though I'd been um, introduced to that work earlier on and then probably the last 15 years I've been working for a group called Developing the Self, Developing the World which is a group of colleagues worldwide working with adult education, teacher development and wellbeing programs for children, which is how I think I met you guys. <laughs> so, um, yeah, currently I travel around Australia working with various Steiner schools in those fields. So that's where we're at at the moment. And I've got five children, of course, of my own. So <laughs> You're very well qualified for this conversation. <laughs> yeah, juggling it all. Oh, yes, and it is a juggle. Um, yeah, so it would be great to go straight straight into it mm. and talk about basically Steiner's concepts around young development and early childhood. Uh, me and Chloe both have four children under the age of eight, seven, eight. <laughs> so, yeah, we would love to hear, I guess, about that and how we can help, like with that knowledge, how we can help support them best in school, in life, um, yeah, so. it's great. I think one of the useful things to think about when you're thinking about working with young children is recognising that we adults have adult faculties that children are growing towards. It's not like they're born knowing a lot and we know that on a very basic level but I think what happens with parents is we often think I want to teach them these adult things early on because it's taken my whole life to understand it but that is the life like growing towards adulthood and where you can continue your growing so you look back upon your life and reflect and grow from those experiences is what sort of one of the one of the things that sits behind anthroposophy and understanding the wisdom of being human so in those first sort of seven years of life if we look at where they are and how we can work with them, we can actually be flexible in our adultness around them rather than asking them to step towards where we are. So rather than going, you have to grow to here, we go, where are you? And I will use all of my adult faculties and everything I've learnt in life to meet you where you are rather than the other way around. So you're in this sort of 
position, I guess, of being the teacher and the student at the same time. (laughs) Yeah, I like that perspective of it because I do feel like, yeah, what you said was so valid that we do try try to help our children help by thinking, well, I've done this before. I can just give them the shortcut to it. But then they miss out on the lessons and actually we miss out on the lessons of helping them to develop rather than just giving them the answers. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so. And a lot of us are in that sort of reactive place where we're, you know, our pain and our lives, we don't want that to happen for our child or we are in reaction to how we were parented. So we're like, I'm going to do the opposite. But you're actually ending up in the same position as a, as a human being, you know. So, yeah, where is my child? So understanding them and going, oh, this is where they are. And I'm so deeply interested in that because the more I work with teenagers, which is what happens in these wellbeing programs, the more I'm like, we have to work more consciously earlier on because not only is the child being prepared for um, steps that are coming in their lives but also we're being prepared as the adult in their world. So if I'm like muddled in and messed in and putting my thing on you from early childhood, you're really going to struggle in teenage years where you have to like stand there and guard them and guide them and not be so muddled in, if that makes sense. No, definitely. I feel like I'm there. (laughs) Help us. Honestly, I could go off. I think I'd probably take the conversation way off track if I started, but I I feel that deeply. Yeah. Mm. And what's so wonderful about that is that feeling is the thing that keeps us awake into what am I working upon? So it's not just understanding children in their development but if we continually are growing as human beings then that feeling of aha that's where I am then gives me an opportunity to think about what am I growing and working upon at the same time so that's where you then become the student do you know what I mean so you're moving between this I understand where you are I'm giving to you there and then I'm also waking up to where I am And I grow there. I'm not asking Mm. you to grow me. I'm actually taking that in my own hands. And so it is, it's it's a bit of a funny thing because I'm constantly, like I said, working with children, but I'm also working with what am I working on? What's growing in me? Where am I? Um, And that little feeling, like I could just Mm. see it in your face. It's like, oh, like it's like a little like bell. Mm -hmm. And you're like, is this shame? Is this guilt? Like, what is this? But actually it's... um, that little it's almost a little bit painful it's an awakening and I think Mm. that's one thing that a lot of us depending on your own childhood you may then take that into like feeling like hopeless or helpless and you've gone it's too late Mm. but actually it's like ah, that's something that wakes me up just like you when you've got pain in your body if you didn't have that alert to let you know there's something wrong in your body you would be really unwell yeah, you just keep doing the thing. That exactly. You. Yeah. So it's like that in your soul life. It's like you've got to have the little oh, the, yeah. the click that says, oh, that's where I need to grow. And then you've got to then consciously go, okay, I'm going to write that down. What am I working upon? Mm. So see how complex the conversation can be? Yes. <laughs> We're like, are we work talking about children or are we talking about mm. us? But they're like the, it's a dance, right? the same river. Mm. They're the same river but we have to um, – So sometimes that confidence to know where children are, what they're up to helps you 
see yourself and other times when I'm working with people they want to look at themselves to sort of realign that self so they can look at the children more clearly. So in that first seven years of life what uh, and Steiner taught like honestly I don't know if you know how many lectures this man has done in his time but he has many many ways into looking at the development of children. So this is like one window of a possible 12 windows of the same thought because that's yeah. one of the things he did he really was like let's go from here 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 and now there's this other whole concept so this picture today is really about that first seven years of life that um the child's coming into a conscious relationship to their physical vehicle so in short you know it could be we could talk an hour about that but in short, that first two years of life, the consciousness or the awareness is in them waking up to this physical body, all that crying and the intensity and how sensitive they are. They're in this this phase of like really awakened sense of themselves, but they don't know itself. They just haven't bodily experienced. So in that first two years of life, they think they are you. Mm. They're not separate mm. to you. Yeah. <laughs> and then around two, so anyone who's got toddlers will know two to three is where the child, the forces of growth or the consciousness moves into more relating to the outside world. They start to see um, that actually not only do I have a physical body, but I have a body, you have a body, we're separate to each other. So all those tantrums, <laughs> me do it myself, me big, I'm. that's them waking up to this sort of conscious relationship to self and other in the physical world it's really like such a beautiful way of looking at it rather yeah. than going oh they're so frustrating or they're this or that like this human being they're manipul yeah, manipulating <laughs> us exactly <laughs> no <laughs> this human being is waking up to self and other it's like me do it myself I'm big I'm small and they flick between these polarities and always out of the polarity we find the center so life isn't just about living on one end and then flipping to the other to balance it, but to find the centre. The centre is the balance. They, they go big, little, I am. They say I for the first time. And then um, even though they've separated in their physical body, so they know you've got a body, I've got a body, they, what Steiner called their soul life and their individualised spirit is still united with all. So everything outside of them is them inwardly, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah. So when we kind of look at a tree and we're like, that's a really beautiful tree, but the more you uh, sit with the tree, you get a sense of that tree. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. there's like that exchange between you and the tree, whereas a child doesn't need to do that. A child under sort of nine or ten just is it. Mm. <laughs> So all those like, you know, those um, memories that people have like, you know, I had to run and jump this big river and and then you go back and it's this tiny little creek. Those memories are usually before nine or ten because you're still united with the majestic nature inwardly and mm -hmm. how wonderful it is. So, um, so even though they've had that massive change at two to three, they are still united in a different way and even that is like something to ponder for an hour mm. <laughs> you know, it's like they can't separate your inner life from their inner life 
So how you're feeling, how you're thinking, what you're doing is happening to them at the Mm. same time. Yeah, 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 which explains a lot when you look at parents and like in my own family, I know that when I'm really stressed (laughs) and I've got a lot going on and I think that I'm doing a really good job of keeping it in, my whole house is chaotic because they feel it. Yeah. They, that's them as well. So, yeah. Yeah. And that is also then, again, nothing to feel guilty about. We all have stress. We're all under the pump. We're, you know, and it's not that you shouldn't feel those things. But when you start seeing what is inward is now being reflected outwardly, that's where, again, it becomes teacher-student moment because what we do is we try and make them okay so that we can then become okay again, but actually they are reflecting mm. where we need to re-align. There's no fixing required, right? Yeah. It's just playing exactly. it out, letting it roll. Yeah. And it's so long as you're dysregulated, hard. they're going to be dis- dysregulated. That's you can't right. be dysregulated mm. and then expect them to be okay and then exactly. you can come back. No, it's, yeah. That's right. That and so that's the thing is we often go, I have to make that out there out um, out there okay so that in here can be okay again but actually again that's that inability to sort of just take responsibility like this is going into my inner life and that's actually okay because even though all of the our shortcomings are affecting their inner world also our goodwill and our striving to grow is also affecting them <laughs> so it's not like it's, it's not all bad. It's not all bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's definitely not all bad. So um, inwardly they're still united with all and, again, that's like you think about that. That's when we go out to the shops, when we go to the beach, everywhere we go they're taking in and having to have some sort of digestive process around that and you can never fully understand it. We ask simple questions like, oh, how was your day and was it good and who would you play with? And they're like, how, how can I tell you everything mm. that went on because I'm not actually awake to that being separate to me. That is me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, is your mind blown yet? Yeah, I've just got so many questions. But like, no, 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 you can't ask that because you'll completely derail this train. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'd love to just because I feel like everyone's like oh the first seven years the first seven years like people have a baseline understanding of what that like we get it it's important but why like what's actually happening for a child who is under seven Mm. and how do we or maybe we should start with what are the what are the stages and then how do we kind of support them well, I was I was kind of try and look into the world of like you know those quotes like wake up and smell the roses mm-hmm. and all those sort of really long term quotes that that have this residue of something that's spiritually true in a way. And so one of the sayings is, um, "Show me the boy in the first seven years, and I'll show you the man." Mm. It's a saying that's there. There's a movie about that. I don't know if you've seen that one about the boy. That that's actually filmed in real li- real time for his seven years of life. Oh, really? And um, yeah, so it's like these things of also though to you know put a little waiver in. It's not too late if you're listening to this and you've got a nine year old. Like I've it's often okay. thought that, especially when my <laughs> eldest turned seven this year. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Did I do okay? Well, <laughs> are you okay? <laughs> Can I help you? <laughs> I mean, it never ends. Mm. And that's the thing is just thinking 
we get they can get in the car by themselves and they can do this stuff by themselves but your job as a parent actually never ends it just changes just changes where it's at and so wherever you haven't done well you don't need to worry because they'll show you (laughs) and we'll have to learn the lesson the hard way later (laughs) thank you for confirming that (laughs) it's not again it's nothing to feel bad about but of course our unconscious education from our past really feel it becomes a filter for how we experience things and just to be really mindful of that we've all had the first seven years of life that has the deepest effect on us and now we're living as adults and not that we have to go back and go who said this, who did what, but recognise in me lives things that aren't actually me. They were given to me by someone else and I now can put my adultness towards transforming them. So it's not mm. to make people feel bad but to go how do I, you know, even just sometimes you feeling bad is you railroading your own growth and development as mm. well. So, um So in that first seven years, there's many things you can do, but if you haven't done them, it's okay. There's always more opportunities. Well, we've got lots of kids, so we can. That's right. If I screwed up one, I've got three to try out of. Well, I was just like fascinated. It's like, okay, how many parts of me are there to grow? Because I've got five children Mm -hmm. and they all show my shortcomings in a completely different way. Like not anything the same. I'm like... I just must be really like so much work to do because these five kids and then Coming of course the thousands of children that I work with yeah. is like point there, 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 see grow Melanie, grow. It's like wow I've just got so much growth to do. But of course even the growth of getting over the guilt of that was massive like, mm. you know, because, you know, if you have a blowout with your children and then what some parents tend to do is then go to the polarity which is like I love you and you're beautiful and I'm, you're amazing because you just feel so much guilt that's not the middle that is not whole it's just the opposite end it's like mm. these children that go me big me little they flop until they find that I that centered place so um yeah so there's plenty of opportunities basically short answer good to know <laughs> so uh, can we actually go into that a little yeah. bit so if we do have blow-ups at our children not that I ever do that oh. <laughs> Someone's lying here and it's not me or Melanie. (laughs) Um, But if we do have a blow up with our children and say, you know, whatever's going on in our lives, that has just taken over and it's come out at the wrong person, even though they could have been having a whiny tone with you for I don't know however many years. Um, (laughs) How So rather than going to the polarity and being like, oh, how do I fix this? Can I get you? Let's go get you a present. Let's go get your treat. What would be like an actual response that comes from a centred position. So, yeah, so that your child's not seeing you, like, one, okay, be completely... Irrational. Irrational, (laughs) yeah, but then it's almost irrationality on the other side of the spectrum. And so there's no safety there. So I'm just, yeah, my question is... Well, I mean, from a sort of... Steiner really gives these pictures of your biography and so you've learnt a survival thing is to go to the opposite. You know when people say, oh, I'm just never speak up like I'm always one that sits back and so I'm gonna speak up about everything that's not the center that's the other end yeah. and we often we're always doing that to balance and but it's not balancing it's just taking it to you another extreme so you're looking for that center ground so in some ways it's not never going to be a simple answer out of me <laughs> but the thing is is to first to get to know I'm just going to the other end 
So if I can see I'm going from one to the other out of myself rather than going here's a recipe for it but genuinely seeing there's the temptation to go to the other end, you're already taking a massive step Mm -hmm. because you're going that's my patterning, you know, that's what I do, I go to the other end. So the fact that you can see that already allows change to come in. Yeah. And it's from there that you'll get to know that yourself. Like it's not... It's not I can't just say this is just what you do because what you do is get to know that that's happening first, that you're flipping from one thing to another. And, look, we're so temperamental, us parents. Like one day you're in a – it's so mood-based parenting. You're in a good mood. You let them run around the table. You don't get upset about it. Next day you're fractious. You're yelling about it and they're like, what? Like, (laughs) what? I don't know what's changed in you. And so even that, just like getting hold of when we're happy, we let things slide too much and then when we're not, we tighten it in. That's not the middle ever. Yeah. So it's not that you can't be joyful but like you can't just let yourself run away with that experience. So first of all is to start seeing it. I kind of like say it's like toilet train. It's like you've, you know, when a child's like done a wee and they've got no idea, just like walking around, no idea they've done a wee. Sometimes that's like us. We've had a flip out and we don't even know Mm. just completely oblivious to it and then you get to know I had a flip out after I've after you've done it and then you get to know I'm having a flip I'm having it (laughs) but I can't stop it (laughs) and then you get to know I'm going to and you're like doesn't matter how tight you hold on it still just pops out and then you get to have the strength to hold that back and that's all this sort of reflective process where you are the teacher and I think sorry, where you're the student, is like for me parenting with children is a real, it's a job. It's an actual job to me. Like I have a book next to my bed for each of my children. What are they, you know, what am I learning? (laughs) And I know it is my job. Like I know it's it's quite, um, I have to be like that for my work in a way. But I also am just so interested in understanding them and myself and you forget. How many times have you guys had a revelation? You're like, I'll never do that again. <laughs> mm. Doink, done it again. Mm. I feel like as a child, well, not as a child, <clears throat> but in my 20s, that was a drinking experience. I'll <laughs> never do that again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but that is one of the things. And I think even just, you know, to have these meaningful conversations where you can actually churn it over because our habit body is just so strong we just go back into the old habits you know even I'm never going to do what my parents did to me next minute's coming out of course you can say that for the first maybe year of their life I'll never treat them that way and then they start talking and walking (laughs) and you're like oh all of a sudden Mm. this automatic response is there so um so I think this getting hold of yourself really requires not to be only inspired by podcasts like this but to actually try and take something into the life sphere and for me that is writing it down because you think you're never going to forget because you feel so changed by it and then you forget yeah. and you're just like in this little wheel where you're having the same revelation but where for me I'm like it has to come onto the earth sphere like it has to be mm. a deed that I do and for me that is writing it down. Do you feel like that kind of breaks the habit body a little bit? It does because we're so automatic Mm. that like our unconscious living is Mm. just like 
if you switch up your kitchen, you will actually see how discombobulated you get because you're just automatic. And yeah. to stay awake and to stay learning, we have to break it. We have to break habits. And um, and so that's where the children become the teacher is they're like, see that spot there? That's where you need to grow. And they're so dedicated. <laughs> they're so, so dedicated to their so task. so dedicated. That's they great. Are. That was a really good word. It's like I just feel at times I just, just think thank you so much for just turning up and showing me where I need to grow and I'm sorry you've had to bear that for so long for me to be like, mm. oh, I got it now, I got mm. it, you know. Yeah. So and I think it's like it's a big thing for us to do that too because I can't imagine our parents sitting there going, what can I learn from my children? Like that just wasn't a thing. It, it was, was more like how do I create order? And how do I that's something that children. I really struggle with too. I'm like, you know, and to just use my current situation as a quick example is like, my, one of my kids doesn't want to go to school anymore. She's only five. And I'm like, oh, cool. okay, well, you don't want to go. I don't want you to go either. And I feel really guilty. And I'm like, well, let's not, like, what do I do? I need to take action. But then there's like a part of me that's like, no, perseverance, learning to be, we can do hard things, courage. And I'm like, I just, what would I, like my mom and dad would never have given me the option. Like, let's figure this out. It's like, no, go to school. This is it. There's no coming, there's no option A, B or C. It's like, this is what we're doing. And so I kind of feel like there's that mind that wants to be like, no, I'm going to teach them a lesson here. I'm going to put, the, I'm going to create the order as opposed to what is going on here. This is a perfect example of what we've just been talking about. <laughs> I've got a child that is saying this and I can understand that. I'm like, yeah, I don't want you to go. You know, it's like I'm not put a form around you. But then your mm. other self is like, I'm going to put a form. Yeah. Gonna, and so that, that's exactly it is going what is true between this human and I and not not letting her run the show, if that makes sense. Mm. She's trying to wake you up to that old thing of putting form and order in cannot be balanced by letting her do whatever she wants, you know. Mm. It's like and so just for my own, you know, I had a pretty traumatic childhood experience where, you know, it just wasn't right for me to be at this school and my parents were just so embarrassed to tell anyone about it because they're like oh I don't want to put anyone out and like I had like full-on kidney infections and I was being oh like God. diminished on the on the daily by this woman and like my hair started falling out and like just full-on I was like seven years old and you know like mum and dad just like can't believe they did that but it's not their fault again that was their own biases going don't put other people out <laughs> don't do that so looking at that just that question for you is like and this is useful for others is to go what is true here like for the whole family not just that child not just you but is it true that that this is the right place for her that school's the right place for her to be mm. on a family level can we support her not being there probably not depending on mm. your configuration <laughs> And then kind of just going back towards understanding the wisdom of it and what's required and then taking your steps from there rather than taking your steps from the reaction of wanting to her to be okay or the reaction of telling her what to do. Because mm. essentially the middle is a little bit of both, mm. flexibility and form And together. it's hard, right, because they don't give you a straight – they can't communicate clearly. Like she'll get home and be like – 
love school, best time, but then get it. She's, I hate school. And you're like, okay, I cool. What do you want to do? Like, yeah, yeah. is it even up to you to decide what to do? So it's kind of like. She's five, did you say? She's five, yeah. So it's really useful five. too is just to watch our language around them because essentially their social connection is being developed from birth. Human beings look for social connection. And I get a different part of you depending on how my day is. Mm. How do you turn up differently when yeah. she's had a bad day compared to when she's had a good day rather than just turning up, mm. being with her? And so I kind of say to parents, just try and get rid of how was your day, what went on, why was it good, why was it bad. They actually don't really know. And then if you look behind those questions for yourself, what you're really trying to say is let's find each other again because we've been away from each other for the day. So Mm. often say things like, so great to see you Mm. rather than how was your day? Um, Yeah, so so trying to bring questions to her that, mean that your consciousness is reuniting with her rather than your moods if that makes sense Mm. because what they get used to is it sits mum down I get more attention there's three other siblings and so the bat not consciously if that Mm. makes sense it's just like this learning a pattern Mm. I've noticed that because one time one of my kids had a nightmare and we were like, oh, my God, the nightmare. Oh, tell us all about it. And then the next, like, my three-year-old's like, I had a nightmare. And we're like, <laughs> darling, it's not cool to have nightmares. We're not going to give you more attention if you have a nightmare. Yeah. And for, like, weeks and weeks exactly. everyone had a nightmare every day. And we're like, okay, we're it's not so giving funny, any attention to this nightmare. Just one time. You just have to do that thing one time. Yeah. Just give your kid a vitamin C once while you're on the phone <laughs> and then you're screwed forever. They're like, where's the vitamin Every time you get on the phone, <laughs> homeopathics for us. Yeah, can I have one? Like someone's, yeah, because they taste like sugar. A, they think yeah. it's a yeah. treat. Someone's done so, an injury. And, yeah, know. so I think that's a really lovely picture. Is like, what presence am I bringing to my children? And again, where's that mood based? Because I have to bring the same level of presence no matter what your day is, mm. whether it's good, bad, sideways. And their day does not create your inner world. Your presence gives them a place to sort of digest their day. Mm. And what we often do is give more attention to negative things. So that's where it does come back, nine Especially when you're projecting your own experience onto it too. Like I hated school. I had, you know, like bullying experiences and just like hated going and would so much have rather spend the days with mum or, you know, my grandparents or something. And so I'm like, oh, it's just such a hard one to... There's so many, there's so many lays to it for me. I'm like, pull her out. She can't go anymore. <laughs> Versus like, hang on, education's important and there's growth here. Well, is it important for your family? That's, I mean, just that simple question. Mm. Can our family maintain having a child home? Mm. Do you, it's mm. not the right reason to send a child to school, but it's a really important question. Mm. But like you said, this is something to do with me and she's going to be the one that shows you that bit. And that's not going to go Pip. away. Thank you, Pippa. <laughs> I think um, what's really great about that, because I'm just trying to imagine myself as a child and having the, the adult in my life be so steady and secure that nothing I tell them shakes them, like doesn't change their anything. Like, I mean, if I'm happy, they're excited, but not like, oh, my God, everything's overjoy and like let's, let's celebrate with ice cream kind of thing or if, you know, something's – really like I found something really hard at school and have come home and just been like 
this was awful, this person was mean to me, like my teacher yelled, whatever it is, and you've just got an, your adult there to just listen and be like, yeah, I hear you and not not dive into that emotion with you, which mm. I think is something I've heard you and say And feel before, it like it's your own trauma. Well, it is, yeah, I mean, it is yeah. your own it trauma is, yeah. outside of yourself, but they are not experiencing it that way. And mm. so, again, it's like how do I help you come back to the centre or how do I help you harmonise your experience? Because they're going to go every day and they're going to strengthen in that. It's like give you a lemon foot bath, put a warm hot pad on, all the things that like make you not get – it's not taking away that thing because we're not trying to take them away from it but let them know with our support you, you'll get through this mm. because that intensity gets more as they go through the emotional development <laughs> Mm. In, in sort of nine, ten, and then into the adolescent years. So we're trying to give them tools in this first seven years of life like that I'm standing here and when I can't stand here, I do something. We might both go for a walk. We might both look under the trees because I'm also <laughs> wobbling here. Yeah, I guess there is also an element, you know, with the start because Stein is not available to us. It's like an hour drive away and so, you know, we started there and we haven't been able to go back there. But um, I often think with Steiner's approach to like reading and there's an age for that and I often wonder like is there an age, is there an appropriate age to be at school or are some, is there a, do you know what I mean? Like is it just because sometimes I think she doesn't want to go to school. She's five. She shouldn't be there. Steiner said seven or eight or nine or until like, do you know what I mean? Well, there's, these are all really useful questions for you personally to take on because but rather than sort of letting yourself run away with it, ask the question and don't try and find an answer. Just say, it doesn't matter what Steiner said, like mm. is this right? Is this true? Yeah. Is she ready? Mm. And But what we try and do is we're like, again, our education one plus one equals two. And so you ask someone a question, they just answer it straight away. It's like, no, you've got to ponder it. You've got to like take it in it's a really and good consider point. it. And yeah. like if, again, for one of my children where I can't see what they need, which happens a lot, mm. <laughs> um, I'll just take them into my nightlife for a couple of nights. That's one of the exercises that he left was this, you take, take them into your nightlife for three nights. What is that? Just take your child in, like think about them. Oh, yeah. What okay. is it they require? What do I see? What's going on? You're trying to answer it. You're just literally consciously taking them across the threshold with you to sleep. Mm. And then on the fourth morning there might be a dream or an insight that comes in of knowing what you need to do. And it just recently happened with um, our 13-year-old where she's extremely introverted and so I just pondered her for a couple of days and what came to me was that how much she's having to take in from the world. She doesn't have that buffer to digest it so she feels full all the time. Those mm. sensitive introverted people, you know, they don't feel buffed up by the world. They feel like they've tapped, sorry, taken away from the world. And so I was like, oh, she needs this sphagnia and we need to do these baths on her and actually make that buffer juicier for her. And that came from that sort of process of just considering her, just holding her, just turning her over in my heart and then there mm. came the answer. I just had a download about just really care, like it just requires that deeper caring, like that deeper nurturing and just instead of making the decisions, it's like 
how can I care for you more or how yeah. can I be there for you more and, and what can I give you in this moment for you to arrive at do you know what I mean and I think it really like doing a practice like that really helps us to not make decisions out of reaction mm-hmm. like yeah. it, it then comes from a more centered place because if we make decisions on the fly it's usually coming from an emotional place and, and it's ours not, not theirs yeah exactly mm. and yeah. yeah and then that I think increases the child's feeling of not being safe and not being held because they're kind of like oh god mom or dad's gonna react to like this little thing or that little thing mm. and so now I have to like change myself to stop or I have to now also digest that on the thing on top of what I'm digesting (laughs) but what they really want to know is you this too shall pass you will come you will come through this and you know again it's not like you don't want to inflict pain onto your children but you have you have to really ask this question like look back on your own life and even these traumatic events what has grown in you because of that like mm. often, like how much poetry or art or songs are written out of how wonderful life was. Yeah. It's mostly about this human mm. grappling and overcoming of something. And so in some ways that first seven years of life is like in the physical world, you know, where they haven't fully woken up to their inner life. We're trying to help them balance it how do we hold them and we do that by nourishing them physically like you hold their diet for them in Mm. that first seven years of life so you imagine you're also holding the diet of their inner world as well as well so that how do you care for someone when they've had a really big day they don't care for you that's like miles away maybe when they're in the adulthood they'll think about you Mm. (laughs) but sometimes they do but like (laughs) But we don't need them to care about us. That's yeah. in our hands. So mm-hmm. when they've had a big day, rather than going, oh, you've, it's been a bad day, let's go have an ice cream and make that go away, we mm. go, let me take your bag for you. Mm. Let's go and see our favourite tree. Let's have a lemon. Fo- let, how do you care for someone who is living life and learning something new every day? do that because most of us probably didn't receive that exactly we're all struggling with it and that's the whole thing opportunity to reparent ourselves and recare for ourselves and you know for me to respond to that would be responding to my own exactly experience of you know having a hard day at school so i like that good all right she's gonna stay at school isn't it because it's like you you have to be in the picture Mm. it's the whole family and i you know a lot of people say i can't do all of that like i've got it's like, yeah, I've got five kids. I work away. I've got a husband that works a lot. We volunteer a lot in the community. And that doesn't mean I'm more than anyone else. But these moments don't have to be an hour. I'm going to take you out on an hour date. Like they can literally be looking in their eyes and just giving them your full presence as you're passing their lunchbox to them in the morning. Mm. That just means so much. It means so much. Little moments of connection. I don't make my kids put their shoes on before the car now so that when we get to school they sit down and I help them with their shoes. And it's like like a forced connection because otherwise like doing all the things around the house, getting lunches ready, getting you dressed and getting – like I'm not present with any of that and I know that I'm not and I can't be because there's too many things I need to tick off in my mind. So, yeah, that was one thing that I tried to – Yeah. Yeah, just – 
shoes don't have to like I put them in the car it's very sweet actually it's a beautiful picture Mm. yeah well it's the only otherwise I'm like when am I going to fit in my connection (laughs) whereas that really forces me and it wasn't like I thought of that it was actually just something that I was getting so frustrated because they wouldn't put their shoes on before the car and we'll get to school and it was like a week and I actually think it was after I heard you talk at the school Melanie that I was like flipped it in my mind I'm like you know what this is my moment (laughs) this is my time to shine gonna help you with your shoes on (laughs) and it's like that final goodbye yeah yeah it's just that that opportunity for the best part of yourself to turn up and it might also have an expiry date like don't be stuck to I always do that (laughs) yeah if it's not nourishing it after a point then you know okay there'll be some other way but it's that I think it's that thing of you're working with a conscious deed do you know, that's an alive and awake deed yeah, yeah and eventually you won't need to do it because it'll just live in you but that's that thing of writing it down it's like it's yeah. making it something and you're right there is kind of an opportunity to make whole what wasn't whole for you as a mm. child but you're not doing it because you don't want them to not be whole <laughs> You know what I mean? It's mm. like they're going to have something. Yeah. You do want to get through the day as whole as possible, which is why I kind of go this is a job. Like we, even when I'm working with 10, 11-year-olds, they can say to me, oh, my mum's like yelling and screaming at me and then her friend rings and she's like, hi. Like, <laughs> Oh, my God, stop. And, um, <laughs> Did you and just it, relive something I've ooh, done? Like, yeah. It's just times. this thing of like how we're constantly giving the best of ourselves to the outside world when in our own home uh, the people we're supposed to, you know, love the most and they get the sort of remnants of our ourselves. And mm-hmm. so... That has been something for me. It's like I want my kids to know that I'm the same person out there as I'm in here. But there's not a major change in me between home Mm. and out there. Yeah, imagine a child always witnessing that. And that's actually a big reminder for me because, you know, often I'll be like, come on, school, 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 let's go, let's go, let's go. And then voice message you. Yeah, so um, (laughs) yeah, with the interview today, um, all right, see ya. I'm like, let's I'll, be all connected. I'll collect some cookies and whatever from the thing and see you soon, babe. Get out of the car, kids. Okay, now we've got a recording to do. What is wrong with me? Why does mum not speak to me like that? But she's telling me to, you know. Be nice. Yeah. You're telling them, be nice, be yeah. kind, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And you're just like overpowering them. And, yeah. you know, it is it is like it's just such, this is what I mean. Like with this conversation, you're just going to just tip into the tiniest little bit. Mm. But the thing is, is that finding something in this and thinking I can work with that you don't have to start with all of it you just start with one little bit your children are going to show you the way anyway Mm. (laughs) but it's like what can I do like is it that I'm going to try and bring my presence is it going to be that I try and stop asking questions after school but just say so good to see you Mm. and think like for me even years ago it was like preparing myself to turn towards picking them up from school. That was what I worked on for ages. It's like you've got your day and then you're picking them up. There has to be a conscious turning Mm, so that your best part can turn up because Mm. otherwise, do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, because that's – I just had a light bulb moment because Willow, my oldest, has been saying to me heaps. She looks at me in the car and I am thinking about the recording we just did – all the work I need to do once they're in bed, st- still ticking off things when I come pick her up. And she said to me the other day, she's like, 
what are you thinking about in your head? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And she's like, well, you make these faces. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, okay. And I like, not until you just said it, like I'm not present with them when I pick them up because I'm still running through Mm. all like the list of things and to just, I mean, it's not that big a time to just turn that off, shift my attention to my children while we're in the car and. Well, something has to sit and wait. Yeah. So what's going to sit and wait? That's yeah. the whole thing. It's oh, like, yeah. you know, it's like, yeah. so put down the work. That's all there. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's stressful. Yep. But the, why, again, why is there more pressure on these outside influences mm. over the pressure that they I require? Feel like, yeah. I don't know if you, we, I saw a thing that popped up on Instagram the other day and it said something about like mothers really not committing to the role of being a mother. Like they have all these kids and then it seems like there's something more important to always be done than the children. And yeah. it really hit home for me. I was like, I, I not only resonate with that, but I also see it a lot. I see mothers treating or speaking out as if their kids are just the biggest pains in their asses mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. the best time of the day is when they've, they've gone to bed and they, and I'm like, Oh, what is that? Like, that is a thing. Like we're constantly being pulled away from them or not really, you know, like the disconnect is almost encouraged or glorified. Yeah. It's such a funny thing, isn't it? Because, again, you can sort of just see the the remnants of the past, you mm. know, like when we sort of spoke before about our parents wouldn't da 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 And so what happens is in evolution is that we evolve through these things. Now parents were more evolved than their parents and, you know, so on and so forth. But what happens is residue also comes through as well. So even that is like... Is that a response to being undervalued as a woman? Is that a response to being, you know, like asked, yeah. what are you doing with yourself now? Your youngest is at school, prove yeah. yourself, blah, yeah. blah, blah, you know, or and then is it a response to being kind of, yeah, disassociated with it because of your own inner experience and then you've got other people that are like, I'm so present but they're actually not giving their kids space. Like there's just so much and mm. it's, I mean, it's there's just so much learning going on for all of us. And it's hard when you see that, but it's really good when you see it because that's also something about yourself. Mm, <laughs> it's yeah. always like it always reflects something back. Why yeah. did I see that? Mm. Where do I do that? Where mm. do I do that to others? You know, like it's. And it, yeah, and I think like the biggest thing is not when you do recognize it, not flipping to the other exactly. side of it. It's then just sliding it back a bit mm. so you can so hit true. that. So true. Like there's a point. message there waiting for you if you're willing to or you're open to it. Because when I did read that, I was like, holy shit, I very, like I adore my kids. I want to homeschool them. I want to be with them every minute. Like it's everything. But at the same time, I do feel like I'm like, oh, when is the day? And I just want to like have, like when am I going to have my time? And I'm like, well, that's not what being devoted to them or being a present mother or like, do you know what I mean? It's like why am I also really wishing to be away at the same time but it's not, it doesn't really match. It's so good though. See, that's another really good point though because you're like where they're not two rivers, right? There's Mm. not like me as a mum here and me time over here. They are the same thing. Mm. And so your your children might take you away from your centre but your centre is still there somewhere Mm. (laughs) and having them away from you is also not the centre. It's the flip, see, they take you away, you need to be away. But it's like how do I be whole and me in that? And so, again, this work is the more you can practice that, the less you need 
time to yourself because you are mm. yourself exactly. in that. There's yeah. no. Oh. It's oh. so it's so great. There's such there's such good um, ponderings mm. because again, it's just trying to look at it from rather than being in it to going. Oh yeah, there it is again. Children well, away it's from just me. Perspective, right? And we had another conversation, and it was like you know, as a mother or as a wife, like if you're looking after your, you know, the nucleus of your family, and you realize that um, you don't need to go away from it so much, or you yeah. can give so much more if yeah, you're. It was the cup, like coming from a full cup. So yeah. we had another guest on who was explaining how if you use the cup analogy, then all of a sudden you're empty. Like it means that you have to keep filling this to be able to keep giving. But if the giving comes from a place of like if the giving is what gives to you, then you're always you're full. always it's an eternal full. that's right. Yeah. It's that eternal always, source yeah. that is giving. And that's that thing of that's like a set like a balance. Point. When you're in connection and seeking connection, the resource is not you. Yeah. It's not yeah. a cup. It's yeah. not you filling your cup but something outside of you fills your cup. Yeah. You're not and so, again, like wanting to teach your children to we, – we do that for them but what does it for us? Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So that's the thing is like when you say – when I say I turn off cooking dinner because everyone's – I'm not, I know I'm getting fractured. I'm like this is really full on. I turn off dinner and just go lay under the clouds for a minute or two. And they're all like, what's she doing? We've got teenagers. <laughs> Mum's losing it again. <laughs> <laughs> but actually they're like, Mum's coming back to herself again. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And that that ability to be able to go, this makes no sense now. But also imagine being the child in the presence of someone doing that rather than that like forte soldier on, just get in and then mm. you all, then I all, I yell at you at the end of the day. Like it's just, there's so much learning. And so that's why I'm sort of saying we can't teach them it we live it in those first seven years so all the things that we want them to be we be that Mm. so if they're being impatient then you are practicing patience yeah and i think the best part is that if you've missed it in the first seven years you'll get to do it later what is that going to look like can we just have a little pre-warning like hey look you (laughs) didn't meet anything in the first seven years this is what yourself sure this is what it's going to look like when they're 10 like is it It is it like a force or is it just just, i guess it's that thing of like if you're kind of looking at the wool as it's getting knotted and you're undoing it compared to not looking at it for a few years and the knot's a little bit bigger but still undoable (laughs) that doesn't give me any I'm not relaxed about this (laughs) well I think the thing is it's again it just says something about your biography Mm -hmm. and how you've been yeah how you've been educated like your unconscious education has you a bit more tense about things like Mm. you're going to make a mistake Mm. it's like Something around your I'm first only just seven thinking, years. Like, do I need to? Do we need to move to like Central Australia? Do we need to move to Africa? Like, what are we going to get here? We've got three daughters, Whew, teenage daughters. It's such a fun thing, though. I've mm. got a 21 year old and an 18 year old, and um, my third one's just going into adolescence now, and it's so. It is really good. Mm. Like I was really afraid of teenagehood because it was pretty harrowing for me. Because people just always say, oh, <laughs> you're going to be, oh, yeah, you're going to have your hands full. Oh, what are you going to do when they're teenagers? Like they, oh, there's so many, there's so much. But even just looking at like sometimes my daughter who's seven turning eight this year, 
like some of the answers I get from her take me back and I'm like, oh, what is 16 going to be like? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but so that's the thing. It's that reaction rather than going, this little person is actually vomiting back something she's heard from somewhere else. It's Probably not her. Me. <laughs> it's not her. So it's either you or someone else. We'll just say that forever. This isn't her. This isn't me. <laughs> it's true though because a friend that, down the street. Like, yeah, that being that you met if you carry, if you're pregnant with a baby or you met them when they were first um, in that first 12 months of life. You know when you like if you, if you carried a baby, your pregnancy, and you're like, oh, I just feel, you know those words that you use, they're really this or they're that juicy those just like they're patient or they're strong or you get a real Mm. sense of the virtue of this person coming in yes and then they come in and they carry that presence and you're like yes this little peaceful thing and then of course they start crying or whatever and you're like I thought they were going to be peaceful but the virtue (laughs) (laughs) the virtue is still there promised (laughs) (laughs) the virtue is still there and again that's just our biases where we were like I perceive this so therefore it's going to look like that. Mm. But actually one of the ways I work with it is like try and go, who did I perceive? If I don't know what I'm doing, like even with your little five-year-olds, like who did I perceive in that gestation period, in that first sort of 12 months of life, but particularly that first part of life where it's so open, like you feel that you really feel like you're in something very different. And then that's, who they truly are like that is the eternal part of who they are but then they've got to go through a schooling of life and so that kind of moves to the back and life happens which is preparing them for in their adult years who they truly are coming forward so Mm. when you're asking this question of what happens if I stuff up the first seven years of life is there's a schooling your life is happening because it's preparing you for something in the future that's right as well but and what's your role in that? So like if I've got a child, you know, she's got this just such a virtue for strength, like really just it's there. It was so, so pronounced when I first got pregnant with her and all the way through. And I think to myself now, like rather than like stamping that strength out or letting it overtake the house, how do I participate in preparing her to be a person in the future that wants to give her strength to humanity Mm. so it's like this joke in my house this is the this is the future of humanity we're talking about here well it is right all of us but we what happens is we're like well this is happening to me and what do I do with my child but actually like how do I where how do I stand so that I can um grow myself into wholeness, the parts that I know that weren't whole because of my own childhood are now in my hands. They're not in someone else's hands. And then in that I'm participating in this other person growing towards a future. And um, it's not a quick game. It's a long game. And you might never even see the fruits of that. But that's what evolution is, is that you don't see the fruits of the work you've done. (laughs) It's a beautiful... um, saying that wise is the human that plants a tree knowing that they men never sit under the shade of that tree Mm, it's really true oh that hits (laughs) so this is what sits really behind steiner's work is that we're placing these people in the world so that they have this genuine freedom within their selves to bring their capacities and virtues to the world rather than using it for self-gain 
and look at the world we're in. There's <laughs> a lot of self-gain going on. Oh, yeah. But that's why we need the children to love the world they're in. And the world, you know, to show them that the world is the the environment is here to give to them. Mm. They don't have to save the environment. That's more of a teenage question. Mm. But even then the teenagers feel so overwhelmed by how screwed up the world is. Mm. So this constant thing where you know, I'm under a cloud or I'm sitting under a tree is also trying to show them that something outside of them is giving to them mm. so yeah. that they in the future want to protect that yes. for themselves and How for others. How can we quickly, like, if our kids, you know, if my kids aren't going to a Steiner school so they're not having this mega influence day in, day out, um, what are some of the things without, you know, overwhelming ourselves as parents of multiple children Make sure they're getting a sense of this in the house, in yeah. the home. Apart from everything that we've just spoken about, obviously, which <laughs> apart is... from you taking on the ownership for it, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, um, you know, because they're not practical things. The practical. Yeah. Well, I had. A, I always had this thing that I mean, look, the Steiner curriculum and unto itself is a healing curriculum. It's a it's a curative curriculum. It heals and gives them something for their future. There's still human beings involved in that. That trespass against your child that you have to deal with Mm. and so for me it's like I always said if I couldn't send them to a Steiner school I would still be committed to showing them wholeness all the time so you think about a meal again it's like how we nourish them with food how do you nourish your soul life how do you nourish your who you truly are and what you're here for and then break that down for a child so you know how we break food down for them and don't ask them to eat the same things. It's like that for them. Mm-hmm. They So one of the things in that first um, really nine to ten years of life, you know, if the child is united inwardly with all, how do I speak so that it keeps you united, you united with all? And one of the things, there's three actually really quick things, is one of them is to speak in pictures to your children the whole picture of where you want them to go rather than what you don't want them to do. (laughs) So what we do is often speak in the negative. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't hit your brother. So when I say hit your brother, don't hit your brother, the picture, the true picture is seeing someone being hit. Because don't doesn't have an image. It's not true. There's like a – you learn symbols around that. So every child under sort of 10 and people who are on the spectrum never not – they always see in pictures forever – that's how they, they perceive things. So one of the things is to speak in pictures. What I'm saying is giving you a direction of what we're aiming for, not what we're not aiming for. So even mm. last night with my three-year-old, you know, I just pulled her up next to me. I said, come and sit next to me on your bottom. Like, you know, but just even that mm. is just like so different to come on, get up here or, you know, where is up here? Mm. <laughs> come and sit next to me on your bottom. Like just constantly show you the way just in my language, in my, you know, my words, in my activity of my body so that you don't have to try and decipher. It's like there's no arrow in that. I don't know where I'm going to go. So one of the Mm. things is try and speak in pictures. You might work on that for the next (laughs) seven years because you then, when you actually think about it, we don't, we're like constantly. Giving really Crappy direction, hey. But really even crappy. like, but we want it to be the right thing. So we're just trying to say, oh, be kind, don't don't yeah. hit your brother. Mm. But actually, we're saying we could say we use our hands to care for each other. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's a, I think it, 
like, oh God, I could give so many examples, but like one of the things that I got taught early on in my Steiner education <laughs> was um, I used to ask my kids all the time, like, oh, do you want to go have a bath now? It was never an option. Like, <laughs> but I would ask them, do you want to? Or should we go do this? Or, but we actually need to get in the car and go to school now. Like, not should we get in the car now? Like, so yeah, that was one thing that I've found that I had to uh, definitely switch up. But this well, is like you're creating like, the invitation. It's still an invitation to join you. Yeah. <laughs> but the invitation isn't so open that they decide whether they're going to do it or not. It's like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. like I'm inviting you energetically in. Yeah. So, you know, like yeah, again, yesterday we've got a child with a fever and she's, I wanted to look at her body because she had some spots and I was like, and she's three. She's really fiery at the moment. And, um, and she's like, no, no, you're not looking at my body. And I'm like, oh, it's, my, it's mummy's time to look at your body now. And she's like, no, no, no. And then, you know, it's got a little bear. And I'm like, oh, Maple, have you got spots? And I was looking at Maple and I'm like, Maple's going to – Maple wants to do that too. You know, it's like I've got to bring you in rather than go up against you. You've got to go to their level as opposed right. to them. And I think where it doesn't matter how many children you've got, like I said, and then I'm switching to a 21-year-old conversation, which is totally different. <laughs> you forget like, and you're like... <laughs> totally different. So, again, it's just <laughs> that honouring... <laughs> yeah, what's happening in your world? Um, Bear's telling me all about his day. Like. <laughs> but it's like it's hard to kind of switch yourself back to the littlest one of the family mm-hmm. because you kind of are just going to the biggest one so much more. But, yeah, it's like this... It's not that you're taking choice away from them. It's more that you're trying to give it in a way that they can step into it. So do you want bubbles in the bath or do you want a blue bath? Yeah. But you're having a bath. (laughs) (laughs) That's not negotiable. Do you want to hop to the bath or do you want me to carry you to the bath? How many many steps forward does it take to get to the bath? How many steps when we go to the bath backward? You know, it's like Mm. you're... Their energy, and because that's the thing is when they're coming into relationship to their body, so you've got your body in actual the periphery of your body and then you've got my body and your body, but then the third phase between four and seven is this that there's a power in my body that I will, I'm learning how to use. So there's this kind of, they might call it the will, but it's this thing where you make and hold back movements out of yourself so when you say to a child, don't touch that, and they're like, I'm not touching it, <laughs> their head knows not to touch it. But this force that moves us, that we're in relationship to moving and holding back ourselves is what's being schooled between four and seven. So when we're saying um, things like we're putting that in their hand, like the will will just run around and do whatever it wants. It's not the actual child being in relationship to what it's doing. Does that make mm, sense? Yeah. So yeah. the boundary is to try and say we're going to move the will this way because you're still waking up to that relationship to making and holding back. So you know that chocolate challenge on the social, on social media where they put little kids in front of chocolate? Have you seen mm, that? Yeah. And they're like, don't touch the chocolate. They're videoing their kids and they're like, don't touch the chocolate. I'm just going to go to the toilet. And they're calling out, don't touch it, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, just <laughs> eating it straight away. That's the, this will is like what I want to do and what my body does aren't quite fully in my hands yet. Mm-hmm. That's when we know they're ready for formal learning actually. 
mm. is that they've woken up to the movement ma- they make and the movement they hold back. Mm. So, um, how would we test that? Well, <laughs> the chocolate <apart>. test. <laughs> the chocolate test. Okay, Pippa, we're going to sit down. I'm going to put some chocolate in front of you. You know, this sometimes. Is your fate. Well, sometimes you say to them, "Okay, it's time to brush your teeth. Go and brush your teeth," and they get waylaid by other things, mm. and that happens. For all of us. What if your kid's just a fairy? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly. So that means you definitely – so you're Mm -hmm. using your conscious and healthy relationship to the power of the will in you to help them move through it. So you give the verbal cue, which is a picture. If they can't follow that, then you're using your energy, your body, or just your body's energy to move in that direction to show them this is where we're going to go. Because you think about – So if they need you to move with them, they're not. That would be a cue. Is that what you mean? Exactly. So if I say something once and they're not able to do it, then that means I have to stop what I'm doing to help you complete what you need to Gee, be my, doing. My partner's not even ready for homework. <laughs> <laughs> so you're what? saying that saying it over and over again just at different times and with different just, tones isn't going to... Just over... It just, just doesn't care. That's why you start the slippery slope to taking it personally. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good it's such good education for yourselves because like i said before your develop their developmental milestones are creating the foundation for the milestones to come but it's also creating muscles in you that you need later on mm. like when you you know introduce um personal devices for example and you're trying to stay on top of the timing of that your thinking, feeling, willing has to stay in relationship to that. You can't let them go, just hand it back when you're ready. No, I haven't developed that capacity yet. Yeah. So this thing of stopping what I need to do to help you with what you need to do, you actually see a few things. A, we say a lot of things that we don't even need to say or demand a lot of things of them that we're not able to actually help them finish off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and B is like, what is the most important thing here right now? What's a, what is essential? So is it essential that they pick up that sock or is it essential I finish this thing I'm doing and then I'll help them with that later on? Mm-hmm. So you're speaking in pictures and then you're helping them move through that because the will is all over the shop and you're giving it a form. This is where it is, back in your body. So in, when you see in a um, Steiner kindergarten, the circles, the up, the down, the fast slow so even stuff like that like if I'm walking down the hall and they're behind me and I just stop and they bump into you that's their that's that movement sense Mm. (laughs) like so again I'm just like it's just a game it's like where are you I'm just constantly trying to find out where are you and what do you need from me I'm changing where I am for you not you're demanding you to step somewhere Mm. else so there's speaking pictures then using your healthy relationship to your body to help them and then the other one is um because of that the oneness in their consciousness they are one consciously with all we try and also when it comes to discipline just make sure that um when there's behavioral things that what you're trying to show them is taking it into wholeness so for example if they draw on the wall and you're like that's it, you're not having books tonight or you're not having ice cream next Saturday, that doesn't match the deed that I've done. So the deed that I've done is out of my energy and then out of my energy also I can clean up my mistake. So we have to kind of make sure 
And we've all, all of us have been schooled really erroneously around that. Yeah. And we use it as threats and power mm. and, you know, this is where it does come back to you because they start overpowering you and, they, and you're like, don't be overpowering people but we're constantly overpowering children. We're not showing them a healthy relationship to power. So we're using our power in a healthy way saying you made this mistake and with my help and your effort you can also clean that up. So if you've hit your brother, I know you can hit. Now I'm going to show you how to care for someone. And if you're dysregulated and they're dysregulated, probably not a good time to teach them to how to care for someone. Yeah. But you can do it later on and they're still getting the lesson. Mm. You don't have to – and this is our thing. We have to do it right here, right now. They've said this, I'm fixing it right now rather than going, you've broken the vase, I'm losing the plot because I asked you not to touch the vase. <laughs> Literally I have put – um, a washing basket over the top of broken things until I'm like <laughs> over the broken thing being broken and they're in a much better space. So even, with, you know, Silas at the moment, she's three and she's like in this really hitty phase with her sister. I've never had such a hitter or a biter. She's so – but I think she has to take so much more in family-wise and um, it's just not good. If she's hit Persephone, her 10-year-old sister – I can't be like, okay, now let's get the cloth and, you know, help our sister out because she'll be like, she'll go within arm's reach of her and keep going. Yeah. <laughs> so I've got to wait for that to calm down. And then it might be at dinner I'll say, oh, Silas, let's, let's take Persephone's plate over to the, to the dishwasher for her. So it's like you can give the lesson mm. anytime, but make sure you give it in a place where there's a foundation for it to land onto. So with it, when it comes to behaviour or like uh, what's the word, discipline I guess, is that making sure that what I'm doing matches the mm. thing that they've done. Gosh, I've heard that so many times and yet I still have such uh, – because you want it done in the moment. You want it exactly. to be fixed and stopped and we're all done in the moment as opposed to being like – and because you know damn well if you threaten with ice cream or we're not getting this, they stop. And obviously it's not a positive thing because it's – Not my They're shutting anymore. down. Oh, <laughs> I've overused it. You've overused it, Dal. Um, <laughs> they're dead to it now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta go. Anything you say is nothing now. <laughs> um, and my partner's always like, you have to follow through with that now at the very least. I'm like, well, I can't because I want ice cream. <laughs> like – <laughs> it's so true though, isn't it? I want the fizzy drink so I'll just let that yeah. one slide. If, if Togger ever like uses one of those things and I'm like, take that back, <laughs> we're going to get it. Like it affects us all. Great, now you've ruined our weekend. Exactly. Can Great. we at least consult about yeah. this yeah. thing before you take it away? Because we all yeah. know it's going to happen. And yeah. like, sometimes it happens with my partner. It's like, right, we're not going to the beach. It's like, well, you're not going to the beach and you're staying home with them but yeah, I'm still I'm going, going to the beach. <laughs> in fact, um, I don't want to take all the kids to the beach yeah. by myself so you can have all of and them. And then you end up having an argument and you're like, great, well, <laughs> but how did this happen? This is this constant learning, isn't it? It's mm. actually really in that moment to have empathy for the person who's threatening because they feel so unregulated. disempowered yeah. actually. Yeah. You feel like so run over by your whatever's happening. By and your so, one-year-old. By your one-year-old. <laughs> well, it's actually in your hands, not them. It's just they, their behaviour. My dad always had this saying that was like, 
the only thing that's in your hands is your reaction to someone else's actions mm. and it's like you cannot control someone else's actions but your reaction is, is completely your in your hands. I'm like, that, that guy was so wise. Like, oh, <laughs> so good. My dad actually said something similar. And yeah. It is. It's something I've carried along, not put into practice always, but I have carried it with yeah. me. So. But it's yeah. one of the biggest discrepancies for um, sort of middle school and high school where this sort of overpowering happens, you know, and I think you can have the most calm and connected people and they're still overpowering, manipulating their children. It might not be as obvious. And that lives in all of us. It's not doesn't mean there's something wrong with you, but that's usually those polarities again. One wants to overpower and the other one will want what they want. And then so the middle is always that place you're seeking. And you can't have the middle without those two guys there. So, um, yeah, so just make, you know, when I work with the young people, they're just like, well, no, I'm going to get it anyway. And it just, but the pain of that is something they can't digest until they're an adult because mm. they don't have the adult faculties to do it. So um, there has to be a better way. Mm. <laughs> and good luck finding that better way. <laughs> well, no, Constant it sounds learning. like there is a better way. And this has been incredibly helpful. So good. It's been so good to have you in here, Melanie. It's really, yeah, it's. I've had so many mind-blowing moments just now and I've heard you talk before, so <laughs> this is, yeah, it's... Can really we have awesome. that little journal that you've got on your nightstand? <laughs> There's a little bit of so a joke. So we can try and, like, figure some stuff out. <laughs> it's a bit of a joke because I'm like, if my children ever in a, like, full-time relationship in their future, should I just hand the book to them? <laughs> I just... Here's, here's a copy. Book to this child if you really want to know This is what you put me tick. through at times, just so you know. But, you know, I think it's just that, again, just to remember that that the striving to make the change also has an effect on our children and the mm. children are showing us where we need to grow. It doesn't mean you don't, like, pull your hair out and there's just so many times I'm still pushed to the edge. That's what I'm saying, like, how many parts of there that need to grow? Mm. But it's that edge that actually helps you wake up. And what that is one of the things that Steiner talked about is that we have the inspiration and it moves us like you have that you had a thought and you're like wow I'm I've had a light bulb moment and I feel changed just by the light bulb moment but to take it into the earth sphere solidifies that inspiration and that change mm. and so for me it literally is I've got a whiteboard marker next to my fridge blue tack and I just write what I'm working with. We need to get journals for these in these conversations. Hey? <laughs> oh, seriously. Yeah, because you think you're never going to forget. And in <laughs> the in the digital world where, you know, there are a lot of these podcasts, there's like social media and there's like a deadening to the inspiration really moving and changing us and then taking into the form. So one of the mm. things that Steiner said, this is in the 1800s, the first thing to bring it into a deed in the earth is to write it in your own handwriting because your handwriting is completely mm. individual to your own form. So that's kind of why I started writing it down and um, the teenagers call it my fridge of morals. <laughs> What's mum working on now? <laughs> All right, she's going to be patient. Let's give, it <laughs> a, give that one a little... Sure, mum. Like, <laughs> Let's be cool be here. Yeah. But the wonderful thing is is that you're growing muscles that you don't even know you're growing. You know when you go to the gym and you're like, mm. you don't even know you're growing the muscles. You just feel like you're not getting anywhere and then one day you get to see it. That's what it's like on the parenting journey is that you're preparing for these years that are to come. And so you think it's just about this moment but it's way bigger than that, mm -hmm. this muscle that you don't even know you're going to pull on later on. And it's useful to see 
how far you've come. Like I really think you do need to celebrate, oh, I got it, I did something mm. different today. But also have that humility to know there's still a lot of growing to go. And amongst friends, you know, often you can see that, like you might go, oh, look, I really just value how you are this way with your children and you're like, oh, I didn't even know I was that way. Yeah. But some you can see each other's um, capacities easier than when you can mm. see your own. But that's actually part of it as well in that book for me. It's like, oh, there is a wise part of me because even though I feel stuck right now, the wise part wrote that <laughs> later on. So mm. it's there somewhere. Oh, <laughs> it's going to find it. Oh. Amazing. Well, Melanie, where can our listeners find you if they want more information? Yeah, so I work uh, with developingtheself.org. Um, I think that's where you can find a lot of resources around Steiner's work from my um, colleagues from around the world. And then you can email me at info at developingtheself.org. And um, I do work one-on-one with clients, but also if you want um, us to come to a school that you're at that I'm not going to yet, then feel free to. I'm going to sign you up. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, it is really lovely working with um, one-on-one because it's so mm. personal to looking into your own past, but also, yeah, it's really great to have a community. I'm not sure if they can speak to each other on your social media page, but, it, you know, really share what, what are you working on? What makes it hard? You know, even between yourselves, like, um, share that energy of what are you working That's on? That's how this really came apart. Yeah. 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 It's awesome. <laughs> like, we need to work on stuff. Yeah, like how <laughs> hard podcast? is this? How, what are we going to do about it? Let's do it. Figure it out. <laughs> do you know anything about this? Yeah. But to, be, to be fair, like, I have, I've got a social media page but I barely even, I don't even post on it. Like people just find me. I just fully trust that. So um, Practical Holistic Parenting is my Instagram page. You can also we'll link that. message me through there. Um, and I'm happy for people just to ask quick questions. Like if it's bigger than that, I'll be like, okay, I think we need to have an appointment. But, you know, it's this is all well and good. But then I'm trying to get my kid off the trampoline for <laughs> dinner. Um, excuse me? How yeah. do I do this? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it's great to be here. Thank you very much Thank for having so me. Much, Thanks Melanie. for tuning in to the Road to Wisdom podcast. To join the journey, you can follow us on Instagram at theroadtowisdom.podcast www.theroadtowisdompodcast.com Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. We look forward to seeing you next week with more juicy content.